Hi there. Do you know what your anxiety profile is? Me, I was a besieged panicker. We often say that the first step to reversing anxiety is to understand it. And that's why we've created a tool to help you discover your anxiety profile. And it's totally free. In about 90 seconds, you'll receive your customized anxiety profile. And it will answer so many questions you've probably been struggling with, including, am I going crazy? And why me? So if you haven't yet, pause this episode and head to lifefreeofanxiety.com slash profile or click the link in the show notes. I promise you'll get a lot more out of this and every episode once you know your anxiety profile. And now, on to the show. All right. So glad to be back with you guys. One of my favorite things about uh, having my husband at home right now is giving him chores to do. Like uh, today was cleaning out the pantry. Um, And on this podcast, it's going to be him hosting with Dr. Barr. (laughs) I've been a little swamped working on final edits and of all the little things going into kind of getting the change program perfect for you guys. We're also working on the Free From Fears book. So Kyle is going to be on this episode. We've kind of talked a lot about COVID, and I know that's sort of everywhere right now, but um, we think this is definitely still an important issue to talk about. It's still a scary time, and there's still our emotions that can run wild. So um I know a number of you are dealing with going back to the new normal. Some of you are opening back up. Some of you are still closed down. Here in California, we are still mostly inside. We just have essential things open. I guess some some things have reopened for curbside pickup, but I mean, that doesn't really make that big of a difference because we've sort of already been doing curbside pickup with Target and some other stores. Anyways, I guess that's where we're at. And then there's a discussion right now for Los Angeles County about us being on lockdown longer. So we're waiting to hear on that. But some of you are, um, we have friends in Arkansas who are, I think, completely open right now. And there's that fear, even if you are on lockdown. I've been to the doctor recently. I've been to my TMJ doctor also. I've had to go to a couple places. So no matter what your situation is, I know A lot of us are dealing with just how to go out anywhere right now, even to the store. So in today's episode, you're going to hear Dr. Barr and Kyle talk about getting back out there and how to be safe and how to deal with yourself emotionally. Kyle and I have our one-year-old son's upcoming cleft palate surgery. He was born with a a cleft palate that you can't really see at all, actually, unless he opens his mouth very wide. Um, But since he's been born, we've known that he's going to need that when he turns one. And now this was pre-recorded a little bit before um, his schedule got pushed back. So currently we are waiting for the date that he ends up getting surgery. We um, ha- we don't have that yet. He was supposed to have it April 24th. But when it does happen, we'll have to take a lot of precautions at the hospital. And we don't even know if both parents can be there yet. It does not sound like both of us will be. So there's definitely nerves and things to think about and pray about, but that's just something we're dealing with. You might be dealing with something similar or just having a hard time getting out to the store right now because people are wearing masks and acting really different and there's glass between you and the checkout clerk all of a sudden. So um, one more thing about our new book, Free From Fears. We're going to be announcing more about it and how to get a free copy next week. This is a great book. And we're really excited to be able to update it and republish it so that you guys can find uh, some relief. And also you'll get to know 
a lot about our change program through this book and why it works. Also, next week, Dr. Barr and I will bring you a podcast about sensitivities. You're going to want to listen to this episode because it's really telling about the kind of person that develops anxiety. We believe there's a specific personality, bright lights or medications, food allergies, whatever it is. We're going to talk about why you're sensitive, what that has to do with your anxiety, and kind of connect the two. I had a personal experience um, with a medication last week that I'm going to talk about. So um, Dr. Barr and I will break that down for you guys next week. So listen to this episode. Enjoy it with Kyle and Dr. Barr. And uh, we will talk next time. Welcome to the Life Free of Anxiety podcast, where each week we'll bring you another discussion to help you on your way to overcoming your fears. I'm Erica, and together with Dr. Charles Barr, a licensed clinical psychologist specializing in anxiety, we'll be your guides on this journey. Because you are not broken, you are not alone, and you are on your way to living a life free of anxiety. Well, hello. It's good to have a time to visit with each other. We have today with us Kyle, Erica's husband, and he's going to join us. So I'm excited to talk with him about what we're doing with this COVID, this COVID virus. Scary, isn't it? It it is. You know, when you're the anxiety expert, I feel like there's a whole lot of people that want to talk to you. Well, probably there are. Uh, Unfortunately, I can't talk to them all (laughs) personally. Uh, That's why I think this format is wonderful, because I get to share some of, of what I'd love to be able to say to people. If you had a chance to sit down with them, right? If I had a chance. That's right. That's right. So how are you guys doing through all of this? It's really been an interesting thing for for both Erica and I to be around each other and to see how we handle these sorts of things. I Personally, this sounds weird, but it's been kind of nice to spend all this extra time at home. So I have enjoyed that part of it, but we also have Jared, and he has an upcoming surgery here. He was born with a a cleft palate. It's not a bad cleft palate. If there's on a scale of 1 to 10, it's probably like a a 3 or a 4, but it does require surgery. So we were talking to the doctor last week, just assuming that they are going to reschedule the surgery because of all the the COVID patients that are in there. But apparently there's some risks, mainly for speech and whatnot, if we were to push this back. So it looks like in a few weeks here that we're going to be going into the hospital. And I think that's kind of probably uh, not the most calm thing to think about. Well, actually, that's not. That's a little scary to think of going into the hospital where you're assuming that the COVID virus is there for sure. And how will you stay safe? How will you keep Jared Mm -hmm. safe during that process? How will the doctors be safe? Yeah, that's a scary prospect, isn't it? And yet it's needed. It's needed. We We just had a friend that had to go in today for an angiogram, not related to COVID at all, but it, it appeared she was having heart problems. And so they had to do an angiogram today and they found out it was something different. It wasn't, they didn't have to put a stent in. And so praise the Lord for that. But boy, you had to go into the, the hospital again. Mm-hmm. That's not really the place you want to go right now. No, it definitely not that it ever is, but it's kind of interesting because we're thinking about it. Well, now we're 
We're sitting here, Eric and I are talking, and uh, by the way, we've been doing your relaxation exercise every night, and Erica's convinced that I just pass out whenever she plays you on the phone. <laughs> I was like, I, I get so relaxed, I, I, I don't think I've made it through it yet. <laughs> That's good. So I guess it's good that we're staying relaxed, but Erica and I were talking, it's with the surgery, that there is an amount of risk evaluation. You know, there's a risk associated mm-hmm. to not having the surgery for our son right now. There's also a risk right. if we go in and have the surgery. And, well, what is the greater risk? And the likelihood of getting you know, coronavirus is X. And mm-hmm. the severity to us, because we're younger, is Y. So it's it's almost That's like right. we're having to figure this out and then make decisions based upon it. And luckily, the doctor he talks to us weekly, and he well, not weekly, but leading up to he will be. But and said flat out, if we think it's too much of a risk, we'll let you know. So now we don't even have to do our own math. Well, that's kind of nice, actually. <laughs> yeah, it to is. have an authoritative source say to you, we will do a risk assessment for you. And uh, we will help you make that decision, you know, and we'll even take it away from you if you let us. <laughs> <laughs> well, that makes it a little bit yeah. too easy. I mean, it's still, it's it's a stressful thing, but it makes me think a little bit. What about the, I mean, for us, we're making this risk evaluation, but for other people, you know, they don't have an option but to go to work, to go to the store, to go to things. And, and so you can That's measure right. risk all you want, but you're still... There's no way to avoid it. You have to expose yourself to some risk through the course of your day. And I think that would probably be a good thing for us to talk about this episode. Well, I think that's an excellent thing for us to consider. There, there are Research has shown that there are four factors that really get our fear going as human beings. One is that, the, that we perceive a threat that is new and is unfamiliar something we've never seen before or we've never handled before. And so that that increases our fear. Feelings of a sense of loss of control over whatever that threat is, is another aspect of that. If we have a sense of dread about it, and if we are hearing alarming stories of illness and death because of that threat, and it's like, wow, this coronavirus it just rings the bell on all four of those. Oh, my goodness. And, I would say, so this is a list of the four things that researchers have found really uh, amplify fear in our bodies? That's right. Okay. And and we're hardwired to pay attention to these kinds of things because they're, they're very important for our survival. And so, you know, you look at this list of four things and... You go check, 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 <laughs> all four of them. You know, uh, it, it's like, wow, no wonder we're so afraid. Do you win a prize if you get all four? <laughs> I wish. <laughs> but so so it's no wonder that we all feel fear. You know, so in this period, if you're feeling a little bit anxious about this and you have a little bit of fear about this, that's healthy. Mm-hmm. and And that's called for. If you didn't have any concern at all, if you don't have any concern about about this virus, that that may actually be dangerous to you and maybe mm-hmm. dangerous to the rest of us because you're not going to take the steps to protect us as well as protect you. 
Yeah, so that actually is an excellent point because I know that we we have some people in our life who seem to take an almost cavalier approach about all this. You know, it's you know, ah, whatever. We're gonna go do this. We're gonna do this. We're gonna have these people over. We're we're gonna go over there, and we're like, man, you know. Yeah, <laughs> that that that's yeah. In today's world, that's really not okay. You know, and I'm I'm glad you're not feeling overwhelmed with fear. But you don't have enough fear. You haven't grasped the severity of what's happening. Uh, well, now, one of the things, in order to be healthy in this at this point, we have to acknowledge what is here. You can't just live in that bubble of protection that isn't real. Mm-hmm. You have to acknowledge the, the feelings that are here. It, it's like, okay, COVID-19 is here, and it's scary, and it's anxious, and it makes us feel scared and anxious. And we need to acknowledge that we feel what we feel. And it's important that we just let the feelings have their, have their say. And we all have those feelings, but they're nothing less and they're nothing more. They're just feelings. Mm-hmm. They're not reality. Our, our, our thoughts may scare us even more if we go to the worst case scenario. So we don't want to go there and we need to kind of stay with our feelings and acknowledge those feelings. And one of the things you can do to help yourself with that is to describe your feelings to yourself. It's like, okay, well, where in my body do I feel these feelings? Mm. Uh, Do I feel them in my stomach? Where do I feel it? Where do I feel this, whatever the feeling is? And what does it feel like? And try to describe it. And, you know, in medical terms, you know, when, when you're trying to describe pain, the doctors will ask you, well, is it hot? Is it cold? Is it prickly? Is it numb? Is it, you know, and so we might use those. Is it sharp or dull? Is it jittery? Is it throbbing? You know, what, what is this discomfort that we're feeling and where in our body do we feel it? So if you can start and describe that to yourself and acknowledge it, it's just a feeling and we're all feeling this some way or another. We're, we're staying in, we're doing the social distancing, we're washing our hands more. And, you know, we had just lost sight of our public health goals <laughs> and it, we've got to renew all those things. And, and that it's not just the obsessive compulsive people who need to be washing their hands. <laughs> so, <laughs> I'm personally looking forward to the virus that makes everyone need to brush their teeth. Because <laughs> at least where I work, there, there seems to be a, a very lackadaisical approach to uh, breath. And, That's interesting. Uh, That's funny. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and make those meetings a lot more pleasant. Yes, it would, wouldn't it? It's interesting. You know, even in our conversation with the doctor regarding Jared, you know, the doctor was mentioning that, hey, you know, here's the certain risks that could develop. You know, this could happen or this could happen. The peak could be later than we thought of the COVID. And there's just way too many infected people in here to want to bring a baby into. Or there's a chance that uh, we won't be able to have the necessary PPE, you know, gloves and masks in order to do the surgery safely. And if that happens, I will refuse to do it because that's not worth the risk. So by naming out the risk, while they're, they're all scary sounding, it's, it's kind of nice to be able to, you know, know what we're up against and then make an informed decision. 
and I think there's there's great uh, comfort that we end up taking from knowing that we have made the best plan we know how to make. Mm-hmm. You know, if we get new information, we don't have to stay with the plan we made. We don't have to get married to that. We can change that. But if if we feel like we have made the best plan we know how to make, then we can kind of just go about the routine of working our plan. Mm-hmm. We don't have to be in, in that unknown situation completely all the time. Well, now, what about those people on the front line? You know, our doctors and nurses, our policemen, our firefighters, our uh, housekeepers in the hospital, uh, our grocery <laughs> workers. You know, these are deemed essential for our society to keep working and keep moving. And I agree. I think they are. And, you know, you can hear on on. TV, if you if you tune in and you hear some of the interviews from doctors and nurses, they're very concerned and some of them are crying. Mm-hmm. So they're having a lot of feelings and they're having a lot of emotions that go uh, with this. Now, interestingly enough, the thing that drives, that makes us feel more fearful is not our risk assessment, not our thinking, but it's our emotions. So our emotions are what drive our sense of fear and risk. Hmm. So it's important for us to acknowledge the emotions and then be able to let them go and carry on anyway. So it's normal to feel these things. And I I, uh, really feel for all those people who are putting themselves at risk. They know they're putting themselves at risk. Just last night, I got a call from my sister saying that my grandnephew, who lives with her, has probably been exposed to the virus at the nursing home where he works. But he still needs to go to work at the nursing home. And so that that puts him at risk, that puts her at risk, that puts the whole family there at risk. You know, so there's there's fear involved in that. And so then you have to start making plans about how do we protect the family? How do I protect the larger family as well as myself? Mm-hmm. And and there's where you have to start making those kinds of plans. And so uh, similar to what the doctors are saying on television, you know, they go into the garage and take off their clothes, put them in the washer, go immediately to the shower before they even greet anyone in the house mm. or touch anything. You know, so they they basically strip off and and go in and shower and then come back out before they uh, do anything. So you make those kinds of best plans you can. And then even in the face of the fear, you go ahead and do your job. So bravery isn't action in with a lack of fear. Bravery really is this is a fearful situation and I'm going to act anyway. Yeah, I'm struck by what you're saying is it's not just acknowledging the risk or understanding the risk. It's going one step forward and taking the steps you need, like you said, with a plan to mitigate that risk. That's right. And if you're going to have to be in any sort of risky situation, whether it be coronavirus or whatever it is, you know, five years in the future when someone's listening to this. You have to acknowledge that there is a risk before you can make a plan around it. And, and, you, and you have a plan in mind of, 
of how you think you may be able to mitigate the risk and and keep yourself and others safe. Dr. Barr, not to put you on the spot, but do you have any particular plans, even if it's just a silly little plan, like when you go to the store? Well, actually, I do. You know, my wife and I are staying in. We have not been with our grandchildren and our, our son and daughter-in-law for, well, they came over last weekend and they came to visit us. And so we stayed outside and we stayed six feet away from each other. We shared a pizza. We wiped <laughs> the pizza box down before we ate it, you know, before we even opened it and disinfected the box, disinfected our hands, the table and all that. And my son was very good about following the kids around and disinfecting whatever they touched <laughs> uh, on the outside. And and they they didn't go in the house, and, and we didn't end up touching them. And, and we really tried to stay that safe distance, and yet we got to be with family and got mm-hmm. to um, uh, see them and, and watch them. And when, when, when we go out, I have not had any gloves or masks, and so I, I finally was able to get some of those. And so now at this point, when I go out to the pharmacy or the grocery, I will be wearing gloves and a mask. And Mm -hmm. uh, when I come back in, I wipe down the, all the stuff that we're bringing into the house. I only go over to my office when nobody is there, uh, usually late at night when the building is empty too. And, uh, take my disinfecting wipes with me and (laughs) wipe everything (laughs) down as I go. (laughs) And it, it's kind of an interesting situation, but it decreases my sense of fear by doing that. It's It makes me feel effective in being able to do something uh, to protect myself. I, I did notice you said something there that uh, might have flown by, but you you mentioned that even before you had gloves and masks, you still had to go out. Yes. And I I think that's there's kind of a important lesson in there that you know you you might not ever be able to minimize the risk as much as you want but you also can't stop living life. Well, that's the point. And I and I'm afraid that some folks have stopped living. You know, they get so paralyzed with the fear that they quit looking at what are the good parts of life that are still here. Hmm. You know, oh, well, let's embrace what we do still have. You know, you still can sing. You still can watch, you know, it was here in, in, at my house, it was beautiful and sunny this morning, and now it's all cloudy. Mm. Now, in Southern California, we're used to having it sunny all the time. So <laughs> it's kind of interesting to have it cloudy. Yeah. <laughs> so, but we can embrace what we still do have. Mm-hmm. Well, we're, we got to kind of get wrapping this up. Anything else you wanted to share before we get, get off? The last thing I think I would like to to leave people with is to not let yourself feel bad about feeling bad. Mm. We are all feeling bad in some ways during these days, Uh, whether we're feeling scared or anxious or sad or, you know, we're, we're all feeling something during this time. And I don't want people to let themselves feel bad about feeling bad. There's nothing wrong with you if you're feeling bad. Uh, we're all in this together, and, and we're all feeling that. Mm-hmm. So take some time, smell the roses, as, as the case may be, <laughs> and mine happen to just be blooming, and they're wonderful. Excellent <laughs> There's timing. There's nothing like the first roses of, a, of the season. 
and I, I feel for those frontline people who are, are working such long hours. It's it's amazing. Um, the world completely changed over the course of a couple of weeks. Yes, but we are resilient people. Mm-hmm. We are resilient and we're brave and we act in the face of danger. And that's what these frontline people are doing, whether it's the grocery workers or the truck drivers or the doctors, you know, they're acting in the face of the danger and they're acting on our behalf and for our benefit, but they're, they're putting themselves at risk. And they, they deserve uh, so much gratitude from the rest of us who don't have to be in their shoes. Absolutely. One of our good friends is a, is a grocery worker and, you know, we, we just pray for her all the time that she'll stay safe and uh, cause she's on the front line too. I've seen the sentiment repeated a lot, but you really learn who is essential in times like these. You know, it's, uh, yes, it's uh, a lot of times people think that they're so essential, whatever it is they do, you know, head of a marketing department. Well, those, those people have been sent home and it's, you know, the people doing some of the, the grunt work that keeps food on our tables. It's a greater sense of appreciation. It definitely does. It's opened my eyes to a lot of things. Well, Dr. Bart, we got to wrap this up here, and thanks so much for hopping on this call. Well, thank you for coming on with me and being brave enough to do that again. We look forward to hearing from you from time to time, and that's always fun to have you on the program. Well, I will take that as an open invitation, and uh, you may regret that sooner or later. Yes, please do. (laughs) All right, Dr. Bart, have a good one. All right, bye-bye. See you all later. Thanks so much for tuning in today. I hope that something in today's conversation provided you with a feeling of hope, determination, or purpose. I know what you're going through, and that's why I want to give you some of the tools that helped me in my anxiety journey. To get your free copy of Dr. Barr's relaxation audio that helped change my life forever, just go to lifefreeofanxiety.com relax. Thanks again for listening, and remember, you are not broken, you are not alone, and you are on your way to living a life free of anxiety. See you next week. Before you go, I wanted to give you one last reminder to discover your anxiety profile at lifefreeofanxiety.com profile. Going forward, we really think this should be the starting point for everyone's anxiety journey. Once you're done, once you're done, you'll probably wonder how we could learn so much from just a few questions. It really is amazing. What you don't see is behind the scenes, your responses are compared to what we've learned from helping over 200,000 people just like you reverse their anxiety over the past 40 years. It's a data-backed assessment with real insights. I promise it's worth 90 seconds of your time, and it's totally free. Just click the link in the show notes or head to lifefreeofanxiety.com slash profile, and I'll talk to you again soon.